up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Justin Trees, new voice coming at you. No Austin Cunningham tonight. Uh, he was having some technical difficulties with his internet, calls the provider, and they say they need to bring out a technician. So, um, sucks for him. Unfortunate, as we were trying to get on uh, recording tonight. But, hey, you guys are going to have to deal with it just being me today. So, um, first off, we'd like to say we apologize for only one episode this week. Uh, funny story, we recorded the entire episode yesterday, and then as we got done, we realized that uh, one of our recordings uh, failed, and so we only had one person's recording the entire time. So, we said we can't release this, so you guys want to get one today. I'm actually going to go over a ton of topics that we went over yesterday. Unfortunately, Austin isn't here because we actually got some pretty heated arguments about a few things, but uh, we'll talk about him more when he's back next week. But um, first off, just want to say, hey, thank you to every listener. We are very thankful for you. If you've been here from the beginning, the middle, if you're brand new, thank you for tuning in. You have no idea how much we appreciate each and every one of you guys, and we hope you all have a great Thanksgiving weekend. All right, jumping right into it. Last weekend, some amazing games. Like, truly kept me entertained the entire Sunday. It was awesome. Uh, That did not go without some injuries, though. And let's just start off with the number one overall pick from last year's draft. Joe Burrow tears his ACL, uh, MCL. I think his PCL is injured as well. Um, Just some structural damage issues in there where it is going to be, it sounds like a, a solid year recovery. So does he get back next year? It sounds like unlikely to start the next year, but I think he will be back at some point next year. Uh, Everybody has been saying this all over Twitter, and I couldn't agree more. Like now it shows like how much you need an offensive line. We all made jokes about it this uh, preseason when we saw videos of him running for his life. And it ends up costing him. So uh, it's horrible news for Joe Burrow. He was competing for that rookie of the year. He made Cincinnati Bengals relevant, made that offense really run. It was exciting to watch. But so he will be missed. I know he'll come back. Uh, Right now they're scheduled to have the third overall pick. I don't see that changing much. So, uh, but I think Sewell will be there, the left tackle out of the Oregon Ducks. So I think that he will be able to get there and they will be able to (coughs) move uh, Jonah Williams over to the right side and have two bookend tackles there for him. So I think that's a great, if you want to say blessing in disguise here, I mean, you never want to say that with that type of injury, but something that could, something good that could come from it. Um, something else, uh, Corey Coleman got released from the Giants. A lot of people say, is that even a big deal? Um, I think it is just because he's a former first round pick and, uh, he's been trying to find a home ever since he was kind of a bust in Cleveland. And I mean, I'm rooting for the guy. I think that he does. I hope that he finds somewhere and can actually get onto the field. I never like to see that type of thing happen to a player. So, um, interesting there because, the whole thing with that's going on with Golden Tate, like, is he unhappy there? Is he fighting with players and coaches? Like, you would have thought that they would like that extra body in Coleman there. So, um, interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, the big news that happened today, uh, two big things, actually. First is Raven Steelers game got postponed to Sunday. So we will not have a Thanksgiving night game, which is very unfortunate. I know everybody looks forward to that. Me personally, I actually always have a tough time watching that game. I watch the first two games and then I kind of get into that food coma. And like I just really enjoy watching movies with the family there So um, on Thursday night. So I usually miss a lot of those games anyway. So for me, I'm like, hey, not a big deal, but I do know, you know, it, it was a big thing. It does help, like, because it kind of got less exciting when the Ravens had, I think, six players, five or six players on the COVID list, including their top two running backs, uh, who are still going to be missing that game, by the way, but the others may have a chance to come back. Uh, it sounds like the Ravens found a coach that uh, broke protocol and stuff, and they find him um, just a couple hours ago. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, Twitter was a mess today watching all the Steelers players just go off um, on the NFL about how inconsistent they are and how they're getting screwed. And 
honestly, I couldn't agree more with them. Uh, with the whole thing with the Titans and where they had to move up their or move their bye week from week eight to week four to make that work, and then they but that whole week they practiced and like that didn't get announced till Friday, so they didn't even get a bye week there. And here, this was supposed to be their mini bye week. This was like what the NFL was saying: like, hey, you're still gonna get that mini bye and have ten days rest because you guys play on Thanksgiving. Now they have to keep practicing, practice on Sunday. And so they're literally going to be playing from week five on, or even more than that, because they practiced all of week four. So they basically don't get a bye the entire time, except for they just didn't play a game, but they had to practice the entire week. And so now that week one, or the sorry, that first round bye is just that much more important to the Steelers, or they are going to get tired and beat up at the end of the year. So uh, I think that's a pretty big, big deal for them. Um, tragic news. Uh, Marcus Paul, the strength and conditioning coach uh, of the Dallas Cowboys, passed away the other day, and there was news that they canceled their practice, and it was because of a coach emergency, and they never really announced what happened. And then two days later, it announced that he did end up passing away. He didn't. I don't think he passed away that day that they canceled practice. I think it was just a big deal, and then he passed away the following day. But Man, that has to be so heartbreaking, not only for the family, but for those players. Like they, They're with him every single day, uh, and you know that they care about their coaches, and the coaches care about each other. Um, so just heartbreaking news, and uh, our condolences to their family and to the whole organization of the Dallas Cowboys. It's very heartbreaking. Um, another topic that we talked about last night that didn't get, end up getting posted was Two impressive catches between A.J. Brown and Mike Evans this weekend. And I was I asked Austin, I'm like, which one is more just impressive to you? Because it's very hard to say one is more impressive than the other. But I kind of put him on the spot. And luckily him and I agree. And we both chose the A.J. Brown one, but not taking anything away from the Mike Evans one. That was uh, unbelievable being on one leg in that to fight into that end zone. But the A.J. Brown one just felt like he was bouncing off more players and had to fight through a little bit more. So it felt like Evans was more just getting his leg back on the ground and then he was good. Um, but both plays of the week, both of them were fantastic. So um, would, we would love to hear your guys' thoughts. So feel free to hit us up on social media and let us know which, which one you think is more impressive. Uh, Tack McKinley. Signed off of waivers. Tell me if you guys have all heard that before. Uh, he ends up getting signed off of waivers to the practice squad by the Raiders. Uh, who He's he's already failed two physicals, um, but now he's on the practice squad of the Raiders. And they also signed, they signed somebody else. Um, and let me tell you, they just need pass rushers. That's, that's what it comes down to. They, that showed on Sunday night when... They were, oh, sorry, Vic Beasley was the other player. Sorry for cutting my own sentence off there. Uh, but it showed during that Sunday night game against the Chiefs that how tired their pass rushers were and how they needed more. Tack McKinley, Beasley, it's just guys that, hey, let him be on the practice squad for a couple weeks, bring him up to the active roster, let him be situ- situational pass rushers um, because they know that's what they're going to have to do. They played that game very well against the Raiders, or sorry, against the Chiefs, and it showed like they still were just missing that one extra piece, and that's a, a more of a premier pass rusher or at least more depth as a pass rushing team, either one. Um, man, COVID. All right, we already talked about it with the Ravens and the Steelers, but COVID is getting everybody right now. Uh, Eddie Jackson is on the COVID list. Adam Thielen is. I already mentioned Mark Jack or sorry, Mark, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. And then the, a big one is Trent Williams, uh, a cancer f- survivor. So he's a high-risk uh, patient, basically. And so it sounds like he's doing very well. He has, you know, spirits are high and uh, symptoms are somewhat low compared to what they thought it could be. So sounds like... Eddie Jackson and Thielen are starting to pass their tests, so they have a better chance at playing. Trent Williams, I haven't heard, but I think they're going to play it super, super safe and probably sit him out against the Rams. Um, That would be my assumption there. Uh, We will find out. And then Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins both tested positive. It wasn't they were around people. So they are out on Sunday no matter what. Um, The question is, is can they get back the following week? Because that is right towards that deadline of uh, how many days they have to stay away. So that one will be interesting to see that plays out 
Uh, Jordan Howard signing with the Eagles practice squad uh, back to his former team. And, uh, I mean, just extra depth. Uh, Miles Sanders has missed multiple games this year. Uh, and it's like, do the question is, is, do they want more of a power runner? Uh, that's not really Miles Sanders' game. Um, either was Scott's game, the backup either. So uh, maybe they, they bring him along and put him on the active roster at some point. So uh, interesting how that plays out. Um, the other one on my rundown is Thanksgiving traditions, but uh, we went over this. Uh, Austin had a very funny story about going to his family's house, grandma's house, and um, Having Mexican food, because that makes a lot of sense. Uh, he said the side dishes would be like the turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy, but the main thing was tacos, which I don't know. He makes fun of Utah a lot, but man, Missouri people are weird, I think. So um, if, the, if that's a real thing around there, that is strange to me. Uh, maybe it's just Austin's family, though. Uh, for me, though, uh, I mean, nothing too exciting. I like to play flag football um, in the mornings. Uh, I like to watch the games, cook the, cook the meal, uh, you know, take the usual afternoon nap. And then um, at night, we usually go to a movie as a family. Uh, obviously, with COVID and everything, uh, that's not going to be happening. So... Uh, I tweeted this out the other day. I'm good again. I'm good without the Ravens Steelers game for and moving it to Sunday um, because I'll just watch Christmas Vacation. Uh, it's a classic and it's a tradition like none other. Uh, it's kind of like the Masters for golf. So uh, yeah, that's kind of what I do. I hope that you you all have great traditions and you guys have a lot of fun with your families. All right, let's move on to the predictions and rundowns of the games. So let's give an update on the spread. So we talked about it a lot last episode about how we were, we had so many differences last week and we literally split them. I think we ended up having 12 games different last week and I won six of them. Austin won six of them. So dang it, you Packers. I could have tied it up if you guys would have just end up winning that game. That was a tough loss for me. Uh, so Austin still has a one game lead on me. So he is 76, 69, and three. I'm 75, 70, and three against the spread. Uh, against the player prop bets, uh, I had the awesome 6 0 week. I think that's the first one we've had this season. Uh, so I end up gaining a game on him. He ended up going 5 and 1. So I am 36 and 28. He is 30 and 34. So I've. Uh, Kind of got a six-game lead on him there, trying to run away with that. Uh, I got to just try to find a way to catch back up on the spread. Hopefully, this is the week to do it. Uh, I I can't let him win this. That's what it comes down to. So I don't really have a lot of notes on why he chose his games. Um, So I'm going to just, instead of trying to guess and get inside of his head, I decided to switch it up a little bit. And I'm going to give a fun fact or a fantasy fact or helpful tip for every game more of a helpful tip that's more of the correct terminology there so let's start off with the texans at the lions the morning thanksgiving game always a classic lions oh man i love watching lions thanksgiving games i love watching cowboys thanksgiving games it's it's amazing so let's start off with this uh we literally don't have a winning team playing tomorrow now <laughs> with it with it only being two games and all four of them have losing records. But we're going to have some fun with it. So game one, uh, let's start, start off with we both have chosen the Texans to win. As three-point favorites, we think that they cover that spread. So for fantasy purposes, there's no Kenny Stills. There's no Randall Cobb for the Texans. I expect a lot more passing work for Duke Johnson. Um, I actually am right now debating on if I am going to start Allen Robinson or Duke Johnson in my flex right now. Uh, And honestly, I'm leaning towards Duke Johnson. I'll end up picking tomorrow when when I'm like five minutes before the deadline. I'll probably panic and choose one. Um, So interesting there. Um, It is going to be a big Will Fuller day. Uh, No Jeff Akuda. So should be a big game for him. Expect at least five to seven catches. Um, so there's that for Detroit. Still no Kenny Galladay, but DeAndre Swift is back. And I expect this to be a 
big running attack game. I, I expect a lot of work for Swift and honestly, even a, AP. Uh, he had kind of a letdown game last year with, or last year, last game with no Swift there, but they were just down to the Panthers the entire game. I think that they try to keep Deshaun Watson off the field by running it a lot um, and just saying, hey, Stafford, we don't need you to be throwing for 350 yards. This may be a... 180 to 210 220 type performance for you uh we just need you to make the right plays on third down and let's let the running game take over so um there's two things for that one for each team the next game washington at the cowboys and the cowboys are three point favorites so this is interesting right uh washington beat the cowboys last time they played and were favorites and then this time, now the Cowboys are favorites, given it is at home. So that you can say that's a three points. But maybe Vegas has put a lot more stock in that win against the Vikings than I am. I just don't think the Vikings are a very good team. So uh, we have differences here. Austin is taking the Cowboys to cover, and I am not. I think Washington wins this game. Um, <clears throat> so the fun facts and the fantasy tips here, um, Zeke actually kind of struggles against Washington in his career. So I, Zeke is going to be Zeke. You're going to start him. You have to, but don't be expecting that two touchdown, 80 yard performance or 150 yard performance in a touchdown type game from him. It's just, I don't see that happening. Um, I do think Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are very safe plays this week against this Washington DBs. Uh, The pass rush is obviously fantastic, but I think that they will find ways to get the ball out quickly. Um, For Washington, at this point, no big shocker, but you cannot sit Terry McLaurin or Antonio Gibson. Like Those two are just rock-solid starters, and you have to play them. Uh, the bigger the bigger thing is McKissick, uh, J.D. McKissick. Uh, he has 19 catches in the last three games. 19. Um, as a running back, you add in an extra like 20 yards rushing that he usually gets per game. Man, he is he's a sneaky good flex play. Um, uh, one thing I'm most upset about for the Ravens-Steelers game being canceled is uh, DFS, DraftKings, or FanDuel, whichever one you play, like Thanksgiving is usually the funnest day. Like three games and let's go and just make some awesome lineups. This one's now a lot tougher with only two. You're going to have a lot more of the same lineups as a lot of people, but <clears throat> JD McKissick is somebody I would have on my lineup in almost every single league um, that I did for Daily Fantasy there. Uh, moving on, we have the Browns at the Jags. The Browns are seven-point favorites. Uh, Jaguars, their entire defensive coaching staff is out due to COVID, and uh, they literally had some of their vets, veteran players on defense running positional drills um, this week. So that's how bad they're at right now. Uh, Minshew still not available, so they're actually going with Mike Glennon as the starting quarterback after looting through four picks against the Steelers. Um what does that mean? Browns defense, very good pickup. A lot of people have them as the number one defensive pickup. Pick I actually have them as number two. I'll talk about the number one later on. But uh, basically, James Robinson, you got to keep starting him for the Jags. He's a high-end RB2. Um, his passing, I, I'm just a, I'm worried about his pass catching with Glennon at quarterback. Glennon likes to push the ball down the field, so I'm a little worried about that. And that's why I say RB2 rather than R, low end RB1. Um, and DJ Chark, uh, because Glennon likes to push the ball down the field, DJ Chark is a flex play. That is where he's going to sit this week. Uh, for Cleveland, you're obviously starting both running backs. They're both studs. They're going to tear apart the Jacksonville defense. They're going to both run for probably 100 yards. And and honestly, I like Jarvis Landry this week as a flex wide receiver as well. Uh, Jags just struggle against those type of receivers, the shifty guys that don't go down the field a lot. Like the guys that are you know are going from like three to like 12 yards down the field like you know it and they you still can't guard them that's Jacksonville's weakness so I actually like Landry there as well um and again we both are taking the Browns to cover that seven point spread um moving on we have the Raiders at the Falcons and the Raiders are three point favorites uh this game 
Not a lot of fantasy stuff um, besides you're starting your usual guys. You are starting Josh Jacobs. You are starting Waller. Um, if you've been starting Nelson Aguilar, you're probably starting him again. Uh, I could see this being one of those Henry Ruggs breakout games, though. Uh, I will say that. So if you're playing in DFS, probably a good play there um, as a risk-reward type play. And then for the Falcons, again, you're starting your normal guys. If you have Matt Ryan, you're most likely starting him. Uh, you're obviously starting Ridley. You're starting Julio. I know that uh, Hurst Hurts had zero catches last week. That's a fluke. It's going to happen. It happens to the best of them. Uh, he will be back on target this week. Uh, look what... <coughs> uh, look what... I don't know, every tight end basically is done against the Raiders. I mean, obviously, we most recent memory is Travis Kelsey. Uh, I'm not saying uh, Hurts is uh, him, but I am saying that they just can't guard the tight ends very well. So uh, we both are taking the Raiders. They're at three-point favorites. Um, moving on, we have the sh- Chargers at the Bills. Uh, this is a, We have a difference here, and... If you know us, you would I think you would expect one thing, but it's actually exact opposite. So Austin's actually taking the Chargers to cover, but the Bills to win. I'm just taking the Bills to flat out win this game by five and a half points. So I think they win by six. Uh, to Austin's defense here, uh, I mean, we all know this. Chargers have like the most losses in the last two years by one score or less. So, I mean, the odds are probably in his favor. But um, <clears throat> my biggest thing is, I think that this is kind of the game that Allen and Herbert may kind of be kept in check a little bit. Uh, This is a very good defense. Tredavious White is going to be on Allen full time. And I think that he slows him down a little bit. What does that mean for Mike Williams? I think Mike Williams has a huge game. So if you have Mike Williams in fantasy, you're going to be a happy camper at the end of the day, I think. Um, You're not sitting either of those guys that I just said may struggle and I don't think they're struggling I just think they're kept in check I mean they're both averaging you know monster numbers since they became became starters I think I don't know uh Herbert maybe he's been like averaging like between like wide receiver or sorry wide receiver quarterback like two and like five two and six I think he's probably more like quarterback eight or nine this week so a little bit below average uh Allen's been literally like a top three wide receiver basically every single week that he's played a full week since Herbert's been the starter maybe he's around wide receiver 15 or so um so again you're starting him but I could see a little bit of struggle there for the Bills this is that Josh Allen rushing game for me I think that with the pass rushers the way that they move up the push up the pocket I think Allen ends up scrambling a ton for this game I think that the Chargers can slow down the running game of Moss and Singletary um, but they're not going to be able to slow it down for Allen so expect a big game rushing yards for Allen and then Diggs probably a wide receiver too Um, he's been playing like a wide receiver one and he's been playing fantastic all year so really like seeing that but these DBs for the Chargers are no joke, and I think they're going to try to keep him in check and say anybody else on this offense can beat us, just not Stefan Diggs. So um, maybe I can win that wide receiver 20 range when it's all said and done. Um, so again, still an, a wide receiver two, um, and you're going to be starting him, but uh, just keep that in mind of how good this Chargers defense can be. Oh, man, this is a lot of talking when you're by yourself. Uh, let's see, Giants at Bengals, and we both have chosen the Giants to cover the six-point spread. No surprise there. No Joe Burrow. We don't know what this offense is going to be. If it looked like anything like it did last week once Burrow went out, uh, the Bengals are going to be look like the worst offense in the, in the league. Plus, you have no Joe Mixon. Gio Bernard is in concussion protocol, so we don't even know if he's going to play. So you might be on your third string running back at that point, which be uh, Trevavion Williams out of Texas A&M a couple years ago. Uh, I know they've liked him. I actually said during the preseason that I thought he was going to take over that Gio role um, during the season. He obviously hasn't, but uh, maybe this is his one chance to uh, show the coaching staff what he can do during a game. Um, But for fantasy purposes... You literally can't start any Bengal. Like, end of discussion. If 
If Geo plays, I could see situations where you play him as a flex, but I still don't know if I would do it. <laughs> um, and then for the Giants, uh, Gallman, the running back, has four touchdowns in his last three games, so he's taken on that role, and he's playing it very, very well. Gut feeling, Slayton. Everybody knows I'm a big Slayton fan. I think he has a huge game this game. And then uh, earlier I mentioned how a lot of people say the Browns are the top defensive pickup. I actually think the Giants are the top defensive pickup. I really, really like what this defense can do against this offense. I think the Browns probably have more sacks that will help them out. But I just I have faith that the Jaguars will score some sort of points. I don't with Cincinnati, and honestly, I think that their quarterback throws more picks than Glennon does, even though Glennon is not good either, so I just think that there's more upside with the Giants defense there. Uh, moving on, Titans at Colts, huge game, two seven and three teams, winner takes over the lead of the AFC South, um, and honestly probably holds on to it the rest of the way, so the, I think that this game may just win the AFC South. Colts are at home three-point favorites. Uh, they won a couple night, a couple weeks ago on a Thursday night, and Austin is trusting that it's going to happen again. He is taking the Colts. I am not. I am taking the Titans to win this game. I think that they um, understand what the Colts are, are all about now, and I think they find a way to be tougher and beat them out. Um, so last time these guys played, uh, Hines had 115 total yards, two touchdowns went off. This was the game that everybody was like, what's going on with uh, Jonathan Taylor? And is this a three-headed monster now? And it basically turned into a three-headed monster. Um, I don't expect Hines to have that big of a game again, but I expect those three running backs to be just kind of coming in and out, and none of them have that monster game. I think one of them scores a touchdown, one of them has a whole bunch of rushing yards, one of them has receiving yards. I kind of see how that's how, how it's going to be. Very similar to like a New England a few years ago of just like how they just switch out the running backs. It works for great for the NFL, not your favorite thing for fantasy. Uh, um, I do think Michael Pittman has another big game though. Uh, he had his kind of coming out party against the Titans a couple weeks ago, had, uh, over a hundred yards. I think it was seven or eight catches and, uh, I expect him to have another big game. I also expect for the tight ends to have a big game, uh, Brown, the linebackers out for the Titans. And I think that he's one of their most athletic tight ends. So I fully expect for Phillip Rivers to be attacking the middle of the field with guys like Doyle and those and Mo Ali Cox and Trey Burton. Trey Burton's been a stud lately as well. So that is why I'm taking the Titans. Moving on, we have the Panthers at the Vikings. And the Vikings are three and a half point favorites. Uh, let's see, CMC started practicing today. He is in a red shirt, so is he... Does he upgrade that on Thursday and Friday so he can play, or do they play it safe? They have a bye next week. I have a very hard time believing they're going to let Christian McCaffrey play again um, before that bye. Sit out one more game, have the bye week. You come back week 14 uh, fully healthy, play the final three games of the year, um, probably win a whole bunch of people fantasy championships, and then go from there. So that's kind of how I see that coming out. Um Let's see, Teddy Bridgewater back at practice. He is going to play. Uh, basically didn't miss any time uh, in practice this week. Obviously he missed last week's game. So Austin is actually picking the Viking, or sorry, picking the Panthers, and I'm assuming it's because Teddy Bridgewater is back. Um, this is also a very funny thing because I've been more on the Panthers than he has, and he's been on the Vikings more than I have, yet he's taking the Panthers, and I'm taking the Vikings here. Um and I don't, I honestly don't know why I'm taking the Vikings. <laughs> I really don't. Adam Thielen, again, on the COVID list, he may not play. Um, it's This is strictly more of just a gut feeling that Dalvin Cook has another big just rushing performance. And that's really it. That's it's. I don't have a lot of data to back this up. This one is strictly more gut feeling. But for fantasy purposes, you can start every wide receiver for the Panthers at this point. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. You're all welcome for Curtis Samuel. I was preaching all offseason that Curtis Samuel was going to be a late round steal. And look what he's doing for you all. So um, that's awesome. 
So you can start all three of them. Um, if you're in a pinch, you can start Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he's more of a two-quarterback league type guy, but it's a possibility there. And for Minnesota, uh, obviously if Thielen's out, Je- Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook are going to just get even more touches. It's going to be crazy. Um, and just to add on to this more gut-feeling type thing, uh, Irv Smith. I think this is an Irv Smith game. A couple weeks ago, he had two touchdowns, literally on like two catches for like 15 yards. But um, <coughs> I... I kind of see that happening again. I don't know if it's two touchdowns, but I expect a lot of catches, a lot of playing time uh, for Herb Smith. So if you're in a bind at tight end and you want to just shoot for the, you know, shoot for the moon, Herb Smith is the way to go, in my opinion. Uh, another game that's going to be exciting: Cardinals at Patriots. Uh, Patriots lost a, you know, heartbreaker last week and kind of put their, I think, their playoff hopes just dead i don't think they really have much of a chance at this point they'd have to win out uh and i just don't see that happening um mainly because i you have to start with one right and that would be this one and i don't have them winning this game and either does austin we both have arizona covering that two and a half point spread um mini buy for the cardinals so obviously 10 days rest with them playing on thursday night against seattle last week which was a fantastic game by the way uh Sounds like Kyler Murray's shoulder is fine. He did get it banged up during that game. So um, good to see there. But I do expect uh, Gilmore on, excuse me, Gilmore on Hopkins, basically every single play. He actually kind of admitted that today uh, when he was asked questions. They said, who are you going to be guarding? He said, who do you think? So um, what does that mean? Uh, I I think the Patriots do this. I think they say, we know Gilmore can shut down Hopkins. And when I say shut down, I just mean slow him down because Hopkins is that good. Um, and then I think they go, okay, we last year we got our asses kicked by Lamar Jackson on his scrambling ability. This year we contained him. We can do the same thing, make sure Murray doesn't beat us on the ground. And while we're at it, let's just make it so Drake doesn't beat us on the ground. So it's shut down Hopkins with that wide receiver, shut down the run game, and say it has to be what, 35-year-old Larry Fitzgerald, and then Christian Kirk that has to beat us, Um, which, by the way, Christian Kirk can, and I expect a huge game from him, and I expect a lot of catches for Larry Fitzgerald as well. Uh, I don't know if you get a ton of yards there, but I think that the the Patriots will say, if it's those two that beat us, so be it. Um, Also, they know how fast this team can go. Uh, I fully expect another running performance for the Patriots to try to keep them off the field. Uh, I said that last week again with them when they played Houston, and it just didn't go my way. Hopefully, I'm right this week. Uh, moving on, Dolphins at the Jets, and the Dolphins are seven point favorites. Uh, so the Jets' offense started like picking it up in the second half last week because Adam Gase actually started calling the plays. I actually kind of like this this offense of the Jets a little bit more. I mean, he's I mean he was showed why he kind of got the head coaching job. Uh, a lot of people don't want to admit it just because they're you know they're zero and ten and they look like shit most of the time. But they played the second half well against the Chargers. Um, I think the Chargers still had that game in hand, you know, pretty easily. I mean, the score doesn't show that with it being a six point game, but they also took a safety with literally one second left. And they allowed a score with like two or three minutes left. So like it is what it is. But um, I do expect the Jets offense to move the ball quite a bit this game. Uh, So uh, Denzel Mims, Brashard Perryman, I think that those are two guys that you might want to be taking a look at on the waiver wire just to just to have them. Um, I'm not saying you necessarily need to start them this week, but to have them on your bench is probably a good call. Um, kind of jump the gun on some owners that are still um, <coughs> not really trusting that Jets offense. Um, for the Dolphins, maybe this is an un- unpopular opinion, but man, I thought it was so dumb that they benched Tua last week. Uh, I know that he wasn't playing well, but two score game, like, isn't that what you want a young quarterback to go through? Like, can you bring a team back? Can you understand like how you need to play the game when you're down two scores? I don't know. I just did. It didn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, I know Fitzpatrick came in, led him to a field goal, and then got him down into the red zone before he threw a pick. Which I mean, he had to throw that ball. Like it is what it is. Um, he had to force it to see if he could score. Uh, time was basically at zero at that point. But um, 
I just didn't agree with that coaching uh, decision. But again, the Dolphins have done a lot of great coaching things this year um, and proved that they may have one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL. So maybe I shouldn't question it too much. Um, but to me, I just, it didn't make a ton of sense for me. Um, if it was injury related because of, of his foot, I could see it, but he said it wasn't. So I don't know. That one's tough for me. Um, and with Tua playing, it's hard to trust any of their pass catchers at this point. And it's not because Tua is bad. It's just, I don't know, the way that the, the style that they're playing right now, I don't know. It's just none of their pass catchers are that great. You're relying on a touchdown uh, for Parker. And if not, it's a total bust. Um, their running back, though, he, uh, what is it? Uh, Salvad uh, Ahmed, uh, I think is how you pronounce it. He's going to be good. He's going to be a good ball player. Uh, Kind of a letdown game last week, but he left the game in the first quarter with an injury and missed most of that first quarter and then came back and played. But by that time, they were already down two scores, and um, that kind of throws your game plan out of the window. So don't be upset about that one performance. He's going to come back and come back strong. So um, either way, we both have the Dolphins winning by seven, uh, but I actually could see the Jets covering this. I still don't, I still don't think the Jets win, but I could see them covering this. Um, moving on, we have the Steelers at the, or sorry, the Ravens at the Steelers. Again, supposed to be Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, and now it is on Sunday afternoon. NBC still playing it, and it's at like, let's see, 115 Eastern. There we go. We'll do it that way. Not We won't do it mountain time here. Uh, 115 Eastern, so start a few minutes after the normal uh, morning games, and then it's on NBC. So <clears throat> another local radio game for, or local radio, local TV game for everybody. Um, again, no Dobbins, no Ingram. So it's going to be the Gus Edwards show. Uh Justice Hill is going to get a chance, which I'm super excited about. I love Justice Hill. Uh, one of my favorite running backs uh, coming out of the draft in the last few years. And so we'll see how that goes. Um, for this game, I mean, you're starting Mark Andrews. You, I think you have to start Gus Edwards because he's going to be there. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you're obviously starting. And then I would still start the Baltimore defense. Uh, I know the Steelers are undefeated. I know they have a lot of weapons, but these games are always just low-scoring games, and there's turnovers. You know, just like a couple weeks ago, both teams were turning the ball over left and right. So I think the Ravens' defense is still a safe play. For Pittsburgh, uh, Deontay Johnson is a must-start. I still think Juju's is a must-start, and then obviously that defense is a must-start. Those are kind of it. It's weird to say that I only have three must-starts for a team that is undefeated against a team that has lost three out of four. But this game is just always low scoring. And so I just don't really see it. Uh, James Conner, two name, two first name, James Conner. I think that he struggles again. He struggled a couple weeks ago as well. He just got bailed out by a one yard rushing touchdown. But overall, I think he only had like 50 50 total yards between receiving and rushing. That's not going to do it. (laughs) So, um, I mean, a lot of people are fighting for playoff spots right now in fantasy. So, um, I will say, if you have James Conner, I don't know if you have a lot of better options to start him. Like, at worst, he's probably a flex for you. Uh, But I would try to find someone else. Um, But, again, if you have him, you're most likely starting him. So, um, moving on. Saints at the Broncos. I'm starting to really think that Austin likes the Broncos. Um, He has them covering. (coughs) He does have the Saints winning, though. Uh, I actually, deep down, it's actually because I think he just doesn't like Taysom Hill. Um, He's... We, we had this conversation last night, and that's why I know this. Um, He says he likes him, but he's just like... He did the minimal. And I actually... It's funny, because I'm obviously a Ute fan. Taysom Hill's a BYU guy, so I didn't really like him back then. But now I'm like, wonder what? He played fantastic last week. He did awesome. Mike Mike Thomas looks so healthy and those two have a great chemistry that like Mike Thomas owners, me included, um, are very happy with the outcome. Um, the bigger question is, are you worried if you're an Alvin Kamara owner? This was his first game last week without a reception in his career and obviously first game with Taysom Hill. Uh, he had one target and it was like a bullet swing pass where uh, Kamara, I, I think, purposely dropped it because he knew he was going to get lit up. So um overall i have the saints winning this game by six i don't think this is a close game um 
Sadly, I mean, last week I said the Dolphins were going to blow the Broncos out of the water, and the Broncos ended up winning that game. So maybe maybe I'm not putting enough respect to the Broncos' name um, and that team. We'll find out this week. If they, if they cover again, then I need to reevaluate the way I look at the Broncos, that's for sure. Um, and as for the Broncos' sacks, I did not talk about that. Um, Jerry Judy is the only one that you could possibly think about, and that's just because he has so many targets lately. Like, he's getting targets left and right. Uh, Noah Fant, also an option because tight end is not great. Um, but I'm just always worried about his injury. It's been nagging for a while, and I'm always just worried about him leaving the game early. So um, I've actually been looking elsewhere other than Noah Fant um, in DFS and in fantasy um, just because of that reason. But obviously, if you play him, uh, I can see why. But um, those are the only two. Other than that, you can't start anybody. Moving on, you have another NFC West showdown, and that is the Niners at the Los Angeles Rams, and the Rams are seven-point favorites. Um, <clears throat> this might be a hot take, but I, and I, and I know I chose Seattle to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl in the preseason. And I still feel confident in that, but I kind of feel like the Rams should be the favorite in the NFC. And I know that the Saints have won like six in a row and have the best record. And I, I still really, really like the Saints, but there's something about this Rams team that I just feel like is built for playoff success. They have fantastic pass catchers. They have an offensive-minded guru that can get the ball out quick to keep the pressure off of their quarterback. They have three running backs that all can do different things. Malcolm Brown's been playing great. Cam Akers, the rookie out of Florida State, scored his touchdown last week, starting to get in the passing game. Um, and then Daryl Henderson is just a beast, hard to bring down. So I love that offensively. Defensively, these guys have stud safeties. Um, Rap is, is on IR, but he will be back for the playoffs. Uh, cornerbacks, both of them fantastic. We all know about Ramsey playing at a Pro Bowl level, um, playing at all pro level, honestly, almost close to freaking defensive player of the year. Uh, linebackers are just athletic dudes that can move around and then their defense with Brockers and then, oh yeah, this guy named Aaron Donald. Ever heard of him? Like they can get pressure when they need to as well. I actually really, really like the Rams and right now, yeah, I'll say it. I kind of think that they should be the favorites, um, in the NFC with, with the Saints right there with them and then Seahawks right after them. Like I think it's a, right now it's those three teams. Um, with that being said, we are both, Austin and I, taking the Rams to cover the seven-point spread. But Mostert, Raheem Mostert, is supposed to be back for San Francisco, which changes this entire offense. Uh, Debo Samuel, most likely back, again, changes this entire offense. So I think this game is going to be a lot more entertaining than a lot of people think it's going to be, which made me almost take the Niners, uh, just because seven points is a lot. But uh, when it's all said and done, I think that that Rams defense is actually just too much. So um, there's that. And then for the Rams, kind of like I was just saying, you literally can start every single person on this offense and feel comfortable. Uh, man, Cooper Cup, amazing game. Robert Woods, probably even an even better game than Cooper Cup. Uh, both of them with over 14 catches, I think. Both of them over 130, 150 yards. Uh, Woods just had the two touchdowns. That was the difference there. So both fantastic. Uh, and I love how they just sprinkle in Higby and uh, Everett. Um, the, their two tight ends, just awesome. I just love the way that McVay's column plays right now. So love that. Uh, going on to another afternoon game, which is going to be so much fun. Chiefs at Bucks. Uh, Chiefs three and a half point favorites. Buccaneers have struggled on primetime games. Uh, basically, that's where all their losses have come. Um, and then they've basically won every game that is in the sun. <laughs> um, and I think that ends this week. And so does Austin. Obviously, Austin's going to choose the Chiefs. Uh, I also am choosing the Chiefs. Uh, I think that three and a half points is not enough. I think that this Buccaneers defense is very, very good and can slow down the Chiefs for a little bit, but eventually it's just going to be too much. I'm actually very excited to see Levante David and Devin White going up against Travis Kelsey. 
<laughs> Travis Kelsey playing a fantastic rate right now. Everybody's seen it on Twitter. He's like fourth in receiving yards, like first in every category for tight ends, but I mean fourth in the NFL in receiving yards. Like he literally could be, he may win like offensive player of the year, may win a freaking receiving title. Who knows? Um, I think he, I want to say he was like 50 yards behind DeAndre Hopkins, something like that. It might even be less than that. It's somewhere in that area though, but just shows like how close he actually is. Um, for fantasy purposes, I have three words and it is start them all. <laughs> uh, literally everybody on the Bucks, start them. Everyone on the Chiefs, start them. Um, that's what it comes down to. So that's going to be a very fun game and I will be watching every second of it. Uh, moving on to the Sunday night game. We have Packers, Bears at Packers. Um, Packers are eight and a half point favorites. Huge spread. We both are still taking the Packers. Uh, Tough loss against the Colts last weekend. Uh, I think they recover here. Uh, The Bears defense is still very, very, very good, but their offense can't do anything. Uh, And Jair Alexander is going to shadow Allen Robinson and really slow him down. And I just don't know if they can do anything like that. Uh, Nick Foles, still not practicing. Mitchell Trubisky just started practicing today for the first time in like five weeks, it feels like. Uh, it might be a little bit less than that, but it's been multiple, multiple weeks. And so like you're going to tell me you have to start Mitchell Trubisky, um, who hasn't been practicing. He wasn't even good when he was getting full-time reps. Uh, so yikes there. So I am going... So we're both taking the Packers. Uh, Fantasy-wise... Um, <coughs> Again, you can't start anybody on the Packer or sorry on the Bears. Probably going to start that defense just because you know that they can get some sacks. Um, but that's about it uh, for the Packers. You're starting the usual. You're starting Aaron Rodgers. You're starting Aaron Jones. You're starting Devonte Adams. Um, bigger question is um, Lazard and MVS. Both of them are, uh, you know, very risky. Risky. Uh, flex plays. So, you know, you just, can you choose the right one? It's choose your poison there. And then uh, Tonian, the tight end. Uh, I also would be uh, starting him again. I've mentioned it multiple times. Tight end is just so thin right now that you have to just pick anybody that can actually do anything. And I mean, Tonian, you're, you know, you are getting like 40 yards receiving. You're getting three catches for 40 yards. Uh, the question is, do you get a touchdown or not? Uh, he got his first one in like five games last week. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how, how that plays out. But uh, with the MVS fumble, I know that Rodgers trusts MVS still, but you start to wonder, does he start targeting Tony in a little bit more? Um, or does he start going, hey, man, Lazard's back, and he tore it up the game before he had core surgery, so maybe I go back to him. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, before I get to the player prop bets, let's just go into Monday night real quick. Uh, Seahawks at the Eagles. Uh, Austin is taking the Eagles to cover. Still says the Seahawks win. I'm taking the Seahawks straight out to win this game. And I don't think this is very close. The Seahawks defense, yeah, their DBs seem to not be able to guard anybody. <clears throat> but they they are getting some massive pressure all of a sudden. Like they are like some guys that were not getting pressure like early in their careers are now getting pressure. Carlos Dunlap, the trade that I called happening has been huge. He ended up getting the game winning sack against Murray on Thursday night. Um, I just, and they're also coming off of their mini by 10 days rest. I think that they come out and dominate this game. They know they have to win because they are in this battle with the Rams and the Cardinals still to win that division. So I think that they know how important another win is. So, um, for fantasy purposes, um, even with, I'm sure Darius Slay is going to be on DK Metcalf. You still got to start DK Metcalf. You're still starting Lockett. You're obviously starting Russell Wilson. Uh, the running game, if Carson's back, yeah, you're probably starting him. Um, I just don't know if he's going to be back or not. I haven't really heard a lot of news there. Um, Eagles, again, Carson Wentz might be able to get some passes off, but uh that pass rush for the Eagles is just improving week by week that I would be worried about a lot of turnovers there for uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, my gut feeling though, Fullman finds the end zone. He's had two bad games, back-to-back one catch, eight-yard games for him. I think he finds the end zone here. And then Jalen Rager, I think that he has his Deshaun Jackson-esque game where he has two deep plays. 
I think he has two of them. I don't know if he scores on either of them, but I could see two 40 to 50 yard receptions for him. That's kind of where I see it. Um, so you, you play Eagles at your own risk at that point. Um, you're obviously starting like Miles Sanders, like you have to. Uh, he's gonna probably going to have a huge game. But everybody else, <clears throat> how lucky do you feel, basically? Um, all right, back over to those player prop bets for the Sunday night game. Again, Bears at Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 259 passing yards. We both went over. Maybe I went a little bit too low on that. We'll see. Uh, Aaron Jones, 63 rushing yards. We both are going over that, which, um, you know, you might say that that number is super low, but he has not been over 58 yards since week four of this season. So 63 is actually kind of high right now, Uh, but we both went over. Devontae Adams, 91 receiving yards. Austin went under, surprisingly. Um, I don't know if he's thinking that Slay is going to be on him and might slow him down, um, but I went over. I still think Devontae Adams, they they force-feed him the ball, and he's going to get his 91. So that's our first difference there. Moving over to the bear side, I just said Nick Foles or Trubisky, whoever starts, 282 yards passing. Austin went over. Again, my assumption is garbage time points and they end up going over um and then i am going under um and for the record just so this is clear so if austin tries to fight me on this this is not them combined it is whoever starts the game we've done this before on this whoever we did it with the niners i believe uh whoever starts the game it is 282 yards for the starter um so i'm going under on that i don't think that they get the garbage time yards um i watched them enough um the last couple weeks to know that that's not happening. Uh, David Montgomery coming back from the uh, concussion, missed a game, and he is back. And I have him at 56 rushing yards. We both are going under there. So back on track where we're the same. So two differences so far. And then Allen Robinson, 77 receiving yards. Everybody knows Allen Robinson's my dude. Like, I love that guy. Uh, And Austin's going over. And I'm going under. Again, I mentioned it before. I think Jair Alexander shadows him and completely takes him out of the game. Plus, I don't trust a Rusty Trubisky or a Nick Foles at all. So uh, I'm going under. So three differences there. I have a six-game lead on that. So he can't catch up all the way, but he could cut the lead in half if he was right on all three of them. Um, and again, on the spread, he is up by one on me. And we have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. I think six altogether differences, six or seven. Um, all So we'll see you there. Again, my guess is we probably split it 50-50 because that seems like what's been happening in the last three or four weeks. Um, so that's it. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in for me. Uh, I appreciate it. Austin appreciates it, even though he's not here. Um, And again, we hope you all have a very happy Thanksgiving. Stay healthy. Enjoy time with the family. Um, We'll be back next week with two episodes again. We will not have technical difficulties again. I promise you that. And um, I hope you guys enjoy your football football Sunday um, and Saturday with college football back um, and kind of heating up with the college football playoffs. Uh, that was the first announcement this week. Um, it only gets you know tighter from here and uh, a lot of heated arguments happen. So it's always a good time. So again, we appreciate you all. And tonight we've been talking football. <laughs>